on the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry. I'm delighted to be joined by Professor Anne-Marie O'Dwyer, chatting all things the psychiatry of cancer. I want to say that it's very common to be very distressed, to have a very prominent psychological response to cancer, that they are not alone that lots of other people feel in that way and that it's important for them to have information. Information is power, but it has to be the right information. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time in Mon Iruk, the end of Chacht Erechor. Agasuligam, a Makan Shah, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti? Fis Turmi. Tashe Dukrecha Nach Vetok Ara Igornamyan on Kestin Echol. Vientalamaginom Griv Orkar Nrachtum. Yatakshetarin Griven Orkarstan Ilistuhalagiskimina Fracht Gorokligsar Dukashenecher. Nani Venaun Dardarakshin Ven Marav. Shachtan. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. You're listening to the best of the Indo Daily. Today on the Indo Daily, the murder of Mr. Moonlight. Dear Patricia, I've met a right mess of my life and I need help on how to go forward. It all started four years ago when my best friend died. I coped by throwing myself into doing all I could for my friend's wife and children. Unfortunately, this led to an affair with his wife and I fell deeply in love with her. It lasted three years and came to an abrupt end recently when I found out that she was seeing someone else. By June 2011, Quirk had hatched his final plan to kill Bobby Ryan, although we don't know the exact details of that plan. What we do know is that on June 2nd, Bobby spent the night with Mary at Fonagarn. The following morning, he got up at 6am. According to Mary, they made love and he left at 6.30am. When I confronted her, she claimed that she had fallen out of love with me and was waiting for an opportunity to end us. This man promised everything that I couldn't. She introduced him to everyone in the family, including my wife, and they were all delighted that she had found love again. Three to ten minutes later, Mary was still lying in bed and she said she heard the sound of Bobby's van going across the cattle grid, which she said was longer than usual for him to leave. My problem is that I am broken-hearted and angry at how well things have worked out for her, despite her lying and cheating on me. Later that morning at half eight, Mary Lowry saw Quirk on the farm. She noticed that he was hot, sweaty and looked bothered. And she took the children to, to school in the car and left the farm, leaving Quirk clear to complete his plan to place the body in the tank and conceal the murder scene. Killer Patrick Quirk has lost an appeal against his conviction for the murder of love rival Bobby Ryan. Quirk murdered the part-time DJ known as Mr. Moonlight so he could rekindle an affair he was having with Mr. Ryan's girlfriend, Mary Lowry. I'm Kevin Doyle and you're listening to the Indo Daily. Today I'm joined by Irish Independent Special Correspondent and author of The Murder of Mr. Moonlight, Catherine Fegan, to tell us the story of a love triangle that shocked rural Ireland. Catherine, take us back to the beginning of all this. Who is Patrick Quirk and how did he know Mary Lowry? 
So Patrick Quirk was a farmer from a place called Branchamore in County Tipperary. He was a father of three and he was married to Amelda Lowry. And Amelda's brother was Martin Lowry, who um, was also a farmer. And uh, Martin was married to Mary. So you had two families, um, both farming families, who lived quite close to each other and just outside Tipperary town. And Martin and Patrick were quite close, it seemed. They obviously were, they, they worked in the same line of business, farming. Um, they, they shared their ideas about farming. They shared farming equipment. Um, and they also had shared interests in financial investments. So the, the two families, they were quite close um, and tied together by um, mar- marriage and also tied together by this, um, this this love of the land and love of farming. A not untypical story. I think a lot of people in rural Ireland would recognise that kind of family relationship, farming relationship uh, and neighbourly relationship. But then in 2007, Martin passed away. Yes, sadly, Martin Lowry um, had become sick and he passed away in uh, September 2007, leaving behind his wife, Mary, a vulnerable young widow at the time, and three young children, three sons. So she's left with this um, substantial farm holding. She didn't really take any interest in the business at the time when he was alive, so had no knowledge of how it worked um, the farm business and then he had all these investments which she had no knowledge of either and um, she kind of left all that to him at the time so he passes away and she's left with all of this and turns to her brother-in-law Patrick Quirk who was Martin's friend um, for help and advice he steps into the breach helps her out on the farm um, um, commits to actually leasing part of the land um, and effectively becomes the master of the farm. Um, and at the same time, you know, begins to advise her on the various investments. So at this point, the relationship between himself and Mary Lowry becomes more than a familial relationship. Um, and they start to sleep together. At the time, she said she was vulnerable, um, had just lost her husband, was grieving for him. And Patrick Quirk took advantage of her, she she said, of the affair. Um, so in any case, they start this secret relationship, this secret affair that nobody in the family knows about. Um, and this goes on for some time. The relationship between Mary Lowry and Patrick Quirk went on for over two and a half years. But then in August 2010, she met a man called Bobby Ryan, a.k.a. Mr. Moonlight. Yes, it was It was August and Mary was in the Times Hotel with her friend Eiling. The two of them have gone out for a couple of drinks and um, they wanted to, to listen to some music. This was a, a popular venue for that sort of thing in Tipperary Town at the time. So the two of them were sitting at the bar and... Uh, Bobby Ryan, who was a part-time DJ, um, approached Mary at the bar and asked her, did she want to dance? So the two of them took to the dance floor and Eileen, Mary's best friend, described seeing them on the dance floor and how happy Mary appeared. It was the first time she'd seen her that happy since the passing of her husband, Martin. So a relationship 
started between uh, Mary and Bobby. Um, she described him as a breath of fresh air. He was fun, he was sociable, he was outgoing and they had this shared love of music and dance. Um, so um, he started to stay over at, at the farm with her and they started to go to dances together. She introduced him to her in-laws um, and uh, Patrick Cork became aware of the relationship. Of course, Patrick Quirk was Mary Larry's in-law. So how did he react to this idea that she had a new relationship and that she was very public about it? Patrick Quirk was furious about the relationship with Bobby. Um, and at one point he was in the house with, with Mary Larry and he took her mobile phone um, and w- was inspecting her messages between herself and Bobby, um, looking at what was being said between them. Um, and in fact, texted uh, Bobby Ryan from her phone and said, I'm the man, basically back off. Um, she's with me. Um, headed away from the farmhouse with the phone. Mary had to go to the, his house to get it back. Um, so things weren't good. Um, there was the texting between the two men and eventually um, Bobby suggested to Mary that he would meet with, with Patrick Quirk to kind of try and clear the air. So a meeting was set up in the Hayes Hotel in Thurlis and um, the, the three people in this love triangle met together um, one evening in, in January of, of, of 2011. So the meeting was fairly amicable. They all discussed what was happening and um, Bobby said to to Quirk quite quite plainly, he said, you know, I'm single and she's single and we're going to continue with this relationship. And, you know, basically this is the way it is. Um, and they shook hands at the end of it and everything was fine, apparently. Um, or so they thought. Um, following that meeting, uh, Quirk decided to take um, th- things to another level and he placed a phone call to the social services, informing them that um, Mary Laurie had effectively been neglecting her children, that she'd lost the run of herself and that they needed to inquire. Um, when they did, of course, they found there was there was nothing untoward happening, but um, Mary's suspicions about who had made that call um, led her to believe that the quirk was behind it. She refuses to discuss our affair and says it is in the past. And then in February 2011, one of the most remarkable aspects from the original trial was the presentation of a letter that Patrick Quirk wrote to the agony aunt in the Sunday Independent in which he said, She has confessed it to her new lover, while I have no closure and I'm forced to carry this dark secret alone. I now feel a tremendous amount of grief and shame for a lost love and I'm possibly suffering postponed grief for a dead friend. All in silence. Yes, Patrick Quirk wrote this incredible letter to the Agony Aunt in the, in the Sunday Independent, knowing full well that Mary Laurie was an avid reader of this particular column. I have been diagnosed with depression, but none of the medication is working. My wife has been a tremendous support and loves me deeply. Ironically... This almost makes things worse. Um, and knowing that she would say it, what she did, and when she saw it and confronted him about it, she was livid. Unfortunately, while I love her, I am not in love with her. I'm still in love with my ex-lover, even though I accept that the affair is over. I wish I wasn't, and I wish I could transfer the feelings I have for her back to my wife. How do I begin to rebuild my life? 
Catherine, the efforts of Patrick Quirk to undermine or to scuttle the relationship between Mary Larry and Bobby Ryan wasn't working. And by the summer of 2011, it seems that he felt he had to take things to a completely different level. Yes. So by June 2011, Quirk had hatched his his final plan to kill Bobby Ryan, although the final details will never be known. Um, what is known is that um, Bobby Ryan called to Mary Lowry's at about 9pm on June 2nd. Um, and the following morning, they woke at about 6am. According to Mary Lowry in court, they made love before he left at about half six. And uh, she recalled at the time that it took him, it took approximately three to 10 minutes for her to hear the sound of his van um, rolling across the cattle grid at her house, which she thought was unusual at the time. Um, she thought there was a bit of a, a delay in him leaving, but didn't really think anything of it. Went back to sleep um, and then got up um, later that morning to get the kids ready for school. Um, and it was about 8.30 a.m. And she came across Patrick Quirk in the yard and she described him as looking hot and sweaty and bothered looking but you know at this stage they weren't really talking so just got on with their business um, got the kids into the car for school and had her mother-in-law Rita with her it was always her her routine on a Friday to take Rita into town to do her messages so that left Pat on the on the farm on his own um, very remote farm remember um, effectively with free reign um, and leaving him there with opportunity to move the body of of, of um, Bobby Ryan into the tank and clear up what was a murder scene. By that morning, of course, Bobby, later that morning, Bobby hadn't um, appeared into work, which was very unusual. So the alarm was raised um, and his his daughter and son were called. Um, and Michelle thought it, his, his daughter, Michelle, thought it was very unusual for him not to have appeared to work. So she set about searching for her father and she, she went to Mary Lowry's farm on the way, met Mary. Um, and the two of them are in a car together um, on the road searching for Bobby. Um, and in the process of that search, they, they come to a place known as Kilchian Woods, which, which is not that far from, from Mary's house. Um, searching, searching for Bobby, um, and as they're pulling into Kilchian, Kilchian Woods, they see his van in the car park, his empty van, um, sitting there in the car park on its own, um, um, no sign of Bobby. Um, they didn't know at the time, but Bobby Ryan was less than sixty meters away on the farm in an underground tank. Catherine, Bobby Ryan is now missing. And the Garda investigation is that of a missing person. And in the meantime, Pat Quirk is hoping to rekindle his relationship with Mary Lowry. Yes, so um, all these searches are going on for Bobby Ryan. And um, in the meantime, um, Quirk thinks it's his opportunity to swoop back in and rescue Mary Lowry um, again. Um, he wants to rekindle the relationship um, and thinks that she's going to be willing and open to all of this. So um, he tried to get back with her and convinced her to spend um, a night with him in Fitzpatrick's Hotel in Kalini, South Dublin, in January 2012. Um, she said that, you know, at, at the time she was she was still under his spell as such. She fe- felt under his control um, and she reluctantly agreed to go. 
um, she said that, you know, there was a lot of alcohol consumed that night um, and she, she spent the night with him, but left early the following morning um, and was adamant that it was a mistake and that the relationship was not rekindled. Um, two months later at uh, a dance um, down the country, she meets another man, Floor Cantillon, and they start a relationship. Um, and, um, you know, the pair of them, they like to go to dances again. So they're, they're touring around the con- country um, going to, to, to dances together. And um, it's all very easy going, the relationship, and it distracts her from, from, from Bobby's um, missing, missing person status. So um, Quirk's still in the background watching all of this happen. And he realises that even with Bobby gone, Mary still doesn't want to know him. So things get increasingly erratic with regard to his behaviour. Um, and um, he's still farming the land, so he's there a lot of the time. And Mary notices that her burglar alarm is, is going off a lot. Um, and eventually she decides to get CCTV installed um, without, obviously, Quirk's knowledge. Um, and in December of 2012, again, the, the burglar alarm goes off and um, she gets her son to check the CCTV. And there on the screen, lo and behold, is Patrick Quirk. And um, he's at her post box, he's at her front door and he's also interfering with her underwear on the, the washing line. Um, before all of this, her passport had gone missing. And she starts to suspect um, Quirk of taking that. Um, so effectively, it's, it's the final straw for her. So um, she decides to take action, but wants to do things subtly because of the family ties, goes to her lawyer and asks her lawyer to terminate um, Quirk's lease on the land. And then he realises the clock is now suddenly ticking on his big secret and he has to take some fresh action if... Bobby Ryan is to stay missing. Yes, well, you have to remember that um, for the duration of, of, of the time preceding this, he has full control over the land. He's the on, only one there. Um, he's the only one who knows about the presence of the body in the underground runoff tank. Um, he's been able to conceal all of this for a long time. And suddenly he's at risk of being exposed and he knows that if a new per- person comes onto the land to farm it, potentially they'll want to restart the milking parlour, which hasn't been used in years, which um, ru- runs the risk of them checking to see whether or not um, the runoff tank is, is working. So he hatches a plan to to stage the discovery of the body because he knows if um, he knows there are cameras now in place, and if he goes in and tries to remove it, it'd be captured on camera. So um, effectively, his plan is is w- one that concerns itself with um, slurry, and he decides that he wants to agitate some some slurry, which is. Um, a farming practice, um, it's, it's, it's known as um, diluting slurry to be spread. So in order to do this, he needs water and he's aware that there has been um, a leak from the main house um, and that water has been leaking into the runoff tank. Um, so he thinks that he can draw the water from that to agitate the slurry. So um, on the morning of the discovery of the body, um he in, in April 2013, he, he goes to the runoff tank, he removes one of the slabs and he puts his pipe in to draw the water out. 
And in doing this, when he takes off that slab, he alleges that he has made this gruesome discovery that there, there is a body in the runoff tank um, and notifies, Gardy are notified and the body of Bobby Ryan is, is finally discovered. Now, he quite quickly becomes a suspect and Gardy start to piece together the idea that perhaps he's the person who put the body there some 18 months or more ago. During Gardy investigations, he tries to push blame or to push suspicion back onto Mary Lowry and their whole affair becomes public knowledge and ultimately ends up being told during a murder trial. Yes, the murder trial was in um, 2019. Like you say, a lot of the detail of the relationship came out. Um, the motive uh, for, for Bobby Ryan, for Bobby Ryan's uh, murder was uh, looked at in detail. Um, a motive of, of jealousy of, of Patrick Quirk being replaced by this by this other man. Um, and during the course of his, of his Garda interviews, um, which were um, revealed during that trial... He repeatedly tries to point the finger of suspicion at Mary Lowry. You know, he says to, to, to the guardie that he thinks it's a bit suspicious that, you know, she didn't know whether it was three minutes or ten that it, it took the, for, for her to hear the sound of the van going over the cattle grid. Um, he wondered how she was able to see uh, Bobby's van in Kilshane Woods from the roadside and why did she go there in the first place? What took her there to find it? So all the time trying to um, rather deviously point the finger of blame at his ex, ex-lover. One of the most interesting um, pieces of evidence that came out in the trial were these Google searches that had taken place on um, Patrick Quirk's computers. Um, Gardy had uh, searched his home as part of their investigation. They'd seized hard drives and, and, and various computers and they had found that um, someone had used the computer to Google human decomposition timelines to look at um, the limits of DNA evidence um, and other topics uh, to do with decomposing bodies effectively. Um, Patrick Quirk was the sole user of this particular um, computer and it was put to him by Gardy, um, you know, what were you doing? What were you looking at? And um, he said, you know, well, his son had, had recently passed away and he was curious as, as to the, you know, this was, this was the reason why he was looking this material up. Gardy said, well, we have the dates of this. And it, the, these searches took place before your son's death. So effectively, it all started to unravel. And those Google searches were key in um, determining the guilt of Patrick Quirk. He was found guilty by a jury, a uh, majority jury, 10 to 2, and sent to prison for murder. But he didn't give up there. He appealed that on 52 grounds. And in recent days, Catherine, a judge has assessed those and concluded what? The three-judge panel um, in the Court of Appeal found that um, all 52 grounds for appeal were rejected and they dismissed his appeal. And Patrick Quirk will see out the, the rest of his days in Port Leash Prison. That was Irish Independent Special Correspondent Catherine Fegan, who has written the definitive book on the murder of Mr Moonlight. 
I'm Kevin Doyle and today's episode was produced by Mary Carroll, researched by Tabitha Monaghan, recorded by Gavin Hennessy, with sound design by John Smith. The voiceover of the Dear Patricia letter was by Declan Rudden. Archive clips from independent.ie and Virgin Media. You can listen to the Indo Daily wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>